Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Well, what a fun weekend that was for both locals with the New York baseball teams is getting off to a good start. And, you know, it's you're not going to overreact one way or another to the first series. But there were some things over the course of for the Mets four games and for the Yankees three games against the Giants that stood out to you. Uh, I'm going to start with the Yankees. We'll get into both Yankees and Mets, and I'll do both right here over the next you know, 10, 15 minutes or so as so you guys can call and talk about whichever one you want, 877-337-6666. But, man, I mean, there were some things from the Yankees game yesterday where I'll just tell you my thought process watching some of this game. The first thing was Brito, who was absolutely – I mean, he, he looked terrific. The movement on Brito's pitches – were something to be seen. And, you know, that's really the, the story with yesterday with both Kodai Senga and Johnny Brito making their major league debuts. That is what, you, you know, you want to see if you're the Mets and Yankees from those guys. You know, the Yankees pitching depth took a little bit of a hit to start the year with the, everybody on the injured list. And then you see Brito go out there and pitch the way that he did and perform at a high level. That would be encouraging if you're a Yankee fan to see Brito go out there, five scoreless innings line with just two hits. But the movement on his pitches, man, he looks nasty. Maybe Brito could be what we thought Severino would be or Davey Garcia would be or Luis Heal would be. Maybe Brito could be that guy for the Yankees in this rotation. Matter of fact, we were talking about this on Friday before the weekend with Clark Schmidt versus Brito. Which one would you trust more? We did this on Baseball Night New York on SNY. And I was like, oh, Clark Schmidt, we've seen him before. He should be pretty good. Man, after watching Brito throw in a major league game, five scoreless like that, he looked nasty. The other thing I noticed from the Yankee game, you know, as Judge goes deep yet again, right? You see Aaron Judge hit another home run, his second of the year, uh, another bomb for him. I'm thinking, as he's rounding the bases, man, this might be the best home run hitter that we have seen. Now, I always, I've always said Bonds is the best player that I've ever seen, and McGuire was the best pure home run hitter I've ever seen. I think Judge has to be in that conversation now moving forward. Now, again, long season, who knows what the exact totals are going to be. But this guy does not stop. And it used to be certain guys were fluky. Hey, you know what? He had a healthy season. He had a rare season. Hit the 60-plus home runs. You know, whatever. He, he It was a, a lucky year. But he, he doesn't stop. I mean, Aaron Judge is... A, he, all he does is homer. It's unbelievable. But then you follow it up with John Carl Stanton hitting 
one of the furthest home runs that I have ever seen in my life. And I guess it was measured at 485 or something like that total. It was an unbelievable bomb just a couple of batters later um, uh, with uh, with Stanton following Judge. And it reminds you, and Stanton hasn't looked great to start the year other than that uh, majestic shot, but it just reminds you of the Yankees' power. And that's how this team is built, to mash with that power. They have a deep lineup. You know, we know about the bullpen and what it could be in a bunch of different arms, and now we're you know seeing a bunch of guys that we haven't seen before with Brewer or Cordero. You know, these guys adding to the bullpen, getting the job done. But the Yankees, bunch of options in the bullpen, a top starter in Garrett Cole, and guys who are just going to rake in that lineup. Now, you see IKF in center field. I mean, nobody needs to see that. It's not going to go well. I don't know why the Yankees are messing around like this. Aaron Hicks is already complaining about he wants to play. I mean, why is he on the roster if he's not playing in a game uh, where IKF has to play center field? It just should not be the case. I understand the Yankees given Cabrera time in left field, and after an 0-4, 4 strikeout day on opening day, Cabrera gets back in there and has now had, uh, you know, he's made an impact, had a couple hits yesterday. So it's good to see him getting some run. You want to get him going early on. But why is IKF even on this team? I mean, what what are the Yankees doing with him? And putting him in center field? Come on. There's no room for him. He's a bench guy at best. And on this team, I don't even think he fits at all. But anyway, the Yankees are built on power. And it'd be nice to get Rodon back too. And then they got uh, Cole or Rodon, however you say his name. Cole and Rodon. I've heard both. Rodon, Rodon, whatever. Just get out there. Cole, Rodon, and then maybe Brito along with Nasty Nestor Cortez in that rotation. Man, I'll tell you, he looks so good, especially with the changeup against lefties. But the movement on his pitches in general were very impressive. And the Yanks take a ho-hum, two out of three from San Francisco, winning on opening day and then losing Saturday before going out there yesterday and taking a nice 6 nothing victory from the Giants, doing it with the long ball. An impressive start to their year. And it's just become a thing in baseball too, where now you get used to the, you know, the inconsistent lineups and the fill-ins playing, uh, you know, some of these games here even early on. And for Buna, it wasn't that bad for Buck, and I'll get to that in a second. He was getting everybody in in that first series. Anyway, the Yankees do it with the power bat and do it with the young nasty arm in Johnny Brito. They take two of three, and now we'll stay home to take on the Phillies for the next three before hitting the road for their first road trip later on in the week on Thursday, taking on the Baltimore Orioles. The Mets, you know, look, they – I forgot how good the Mets were. Now, they played a crappy team. The, the moral are just bad. They cannot catch the ball. It's infuriating baseball to watch. But the Mets took advantage of it, winning three out of four in Miami. And really, it should have been four. Uh, they, should, they should have won four straight from this crappy team, the Marlins. But you take three out of four, and the Mets pick up right where they left off. I mean, we know the Yankees dominate the way that they dominate. The Mets were still getting used to the fact, or at least I'm getting used to it. Maybe I should speak for myself here. Still getting used for the fa- to the fact that they are a team that, um, win series. I mean, they're good. No matter who they're trotting out there in that lineup, they're going to produce, and they they do it differently than the Yankees. Where the Yankees do it with the power bats, the Mets do it 
up and down the lineup with putting the ball in play, taking advantage of other teams' miscues, getting on base via the walk, not striking out a ton. I mean, that has been a thing already early this year where the Mets just don't strike out a lot or haven't struck out a lot, especially uh, you know these first four games, even against decent Miami pitching. But the Mets have not struck, uh, struck out a ton. And they do it differently. So I'll get to the offense in a second with the Mets. Kodai Senga was the impressive part of this ball club today because of the way he struggled early on. It was the Major League debut, of course, for Kodai Senga. You had both him and Brito making their Major League debut on the same day and both doing a solid job and both doing it differently. Brito made it look a little easier. Kodai Senga struggled early on in this game, but he did settle down after that rough first inning and went out there and ended up going five and a third, struck out eight. The ghost fork was in full effect, and Senga allowed just the one run. You know, he got out of the bases, loaded jam in that first inning, allowing just the one run, allowed only three hits. We knew he was going to have some control issues. That was something that was talked about when he came over from Japan about, you know, the walks. But he looked good. Senga looked good, and he showed you that he can be nasty with that ghost fork where you had Marlins hitters swinging and missing at at pitches that weren't even close. That's a nasty wipeout pitch. So Kodai Singa, impressive in his Major League debut. And, you know, the Mets bullpen behind him was fine. Again, you know, with with some new names that we're seeing here, Santana and Curtis and uh, Nagosik, you know, these names, who knows how many of those guys are going to be here toward the end of the year. I know the Mets are going to upgrade that bullpen, but Buck getting it done with using a bunch of different guys, keeping the bullpen fresh. And even in that lineup, you know, behind Kodai Singer going out there, getting him on the board early, again, taking advantage of Marlon's mistakes. But how about Tommy Pham? Told you I like Pham. He's a good ball player, just a solid fourth outfielder. Pham getting the start in center field. And Pham, you know, doing the job with three hits on the day, including a two-run shot. Um, that kind of you know gave the Mets the distance that they needed to make this an easy uh, victory. They went at five one, but Fam contributing. The Mets showed over the weekend the bottom of the order getting it done a little bit with Marcana, who was a big contributor, um, and just guy you know even uh, Narvaez when he was in there uh, from the catcher spot getting some production, and Marte getting base hits. You know it's been a little bit of everybody. The one guy that is not getting it done at all so far would be Eduardo Escobar. And as soon as Escobar struck out yet again yesterday, I forget what inning it was exactly, maybe the fifth or sixth inning, Escobar I mean, struck out a couple of different times. But Escobar 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. And after maybe the second one, I was thinking to myself, the Beatty watch is underway. And you know the Met fans wanted Beatty up here in the worst way to begin with. Maybe Escobar feeling the pressure. And by the way, Escobar does not look to be in tip-top shape. I know he played for the Venezuela team, Venezuelan team in the WBC, but he looks to me to be a little heavy. And I don't know if he's just got to get in shape or what's going on here with Escobar, but he's been terrible, uh, striking out a ton. He's, he's, you know, I think he's just got one hit so far uh, on the year. And... While that would not be a big deal in isolation, it's coupled with the fact that he struggled the majority of last year until September and the fact that Brett Beatty, the Mets' top prospect, is raking early on in AAA. So, and you know that the clock was going to be on anyway 
with the Beatty watch because fans want him up here because Beatty's going to you know push you, you would hope, force his way up to the Mets one way or another, whether there would be a spot at DH for the Mets to move Escobar to. But if Beatty were raking in AAA one way or another, he would find his way to the big club sooner than later. And with Escobar struggling, maybe that becomes sooner than later. But I, I think you're going to see them get at least a month here of Escobar at third base to try to figure this out. You're not going to make a decision, certainly, off of the first four games of the year. But this is just something to watch. But a different lineup for Buck, getting guys days off, whether it's Marte, whether it's Nimmo, and getting guys in there, wanting everybody to play early on. I love the way he does that. I love the way Buck manages the final game of a series, trying to go win that series. And, you know, he tries to close it out, uh, The you know, make sure you get that series win, as he did all last year. That's what they do. You forget, at least I did, forget how good the Mets were a year ago winning 101 games and how they did it. And this is how. Just taking advantage of other teams' mistakes, putting the ball in play, not beating themselves, having a smart manager, having a smart baseball team, having different guys contribute, and you know, just go out there churning away, winning series. And I guess maybe part of the reason why I forgot the Mets were good last year or that good last year was because of the ending. Because everything was nearly perfect until the end. Until they got swept in Atlanta and then until the wild card series. And it really left a bad taste in our mouths watching this ball club, the way it all unfolded that final week. And now, you know what? Fresh start for them. Here we go again. And, you know, they're not even fully healthy, obviously, with Sherlander, uh, with uh, Verlander having to be placed on the... Sherlander, yeah, that's not bad, actually. Um, with Verlander having to be placed on the IL, Scherzer not even his dominant self in Game 1. But, you know, the Mets... Uh, and obviously, you know, look, the bullpen took a hit with, with Edwin Diaz. We know about that by now. They'll try to add, and they clearly are lacking one more power bat. they got to get rid of Vogel back. I mean, that's that's the issue. The DH spot is just they, – they're using it differently this year with Marcana getting a couple of, uh, you know, games there already, which I like better than seeing Daniel Vogel back in there. I want the, the less Vogel, Vogel back, the better. It's nothing personal. It's just that, you know, he's not very good at baseball. So if the Mets could actually get a, a legit – five-hitter power bat to back up Alonzo. That lengthens everything else out. You could have Canna in there uh, regularly, but have him down in the order a little bit, and then hopefully the Beatty comes up. That would be the two biggest differences, I would think, for this lineup that are possible. One big bat for the DH spot and Brett Beatty coming up. That maybe could take the Mets lineup to another level. But the early reviews are good for both the Mets and the Yankees. We'll get to them on the other side at 877-337-6666. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Baseball is back, and the push for the postseason is on for hockey and hoops. Make it all count this spring with the Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the best wagering app around with a direct link to experience bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A fun start to the baseball season. Not much to complain about. I'm sure you guys will find something there. Chris is calling from Farmingdale. Chris, what's on your mind about your Mets on this Monday morning? Uh, Sal, it's so good. Another six months, hopefully seven, a full seven months of Mets talk with you. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love baseball season, Chris. It's not just the oh, Mets, obviously. We, Every we, night I can call yeah. in about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. The Mets and Yankees. Look, we love breaking it down. Even again, we'll be on tonight after both the Mets and Yankees yes, are playing sir. baseball games. So there's usually something from each game. And obviously, we had the weekend to check out these teams for real this time. So And it was good uh, good results for both. What's, what's on your mind about What would you take away from your Mets this weekend? Um, you Well, you stole my thunder about Escobar. Um that's that's the main thing. Um, I, I give them to the end of April because and 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 usually I would say the end of May, but the guy has to hit all spring. He has hit all series. I mean, the guy's got a. I know it's only four games, but he's got like a a, a point one five four OPS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's bad. And and then and then you know I'm listening. I'm watching the game, and Gary Cohen's like, hey, by the way, you know what Beatty did uh, today? Uh, he went uh, four for four. Two home runs, one of them was a grand slam, five RBIs. I'm like, oh, my God, could it be any more perfect? And the guy was hitting all spring. So it's like, listen, you know, we're, we got to get past of like, oh, let's, let's you know, um, let's, let's, let's do the experiments. Now when you got this type of payroll, because this is embarrassing at this point, other teams, other fan bases, other radio hosts, they're going to be laughing at us if we're going to, if we're going to play like, oh, let's, let's just, you know, wait it out. No, let's look. I, I, I give the guy a month. That's it. It's, it's enough's enough already. Bring the kid up. The, the, the baby's going to hit. And, and listen, well, I'm not if sure, anything, listen, the eighth spot. I'm not sure how long. You know, I'd love to find that out. And, and look, um, Billy Epler's going to be asked about it uh, soon. I mean, this is going to be a thing. Or Buck or Billy, both of them are going to be asked about it probably soon because that's how this town is. But I know this. We're not going to see Brett Beatty up here until his game is airtight. It's as simple as that. They're, they're not going to force the issue with Beatty or Alvarez or anybody else. They're not coming up to the big leagues until their game is airtight. When that is, how that is, who knows, but it's defensively as well. And I doubt just because Escobar is struggling, let's say it happens for the next week, you're going to see all of a sudden a call-up with Brett Beatty that soon. He's going to get at least a month, maybe a little bit more. And also remember, it's not just about Escobar getting a legit opportunity. It's also about Beatty improving defensively because if his game is not, as I said, airtight, they're not bringing him up. 
and they don't want to waste it. They don't want to use him primarily as DH because then he's not getting any rest at defense, right? Well, Beatty's going to be the third baseman, and thank you for the call, Chris. As always, good to hear from you. Beatty's not going to be the DH long-term. He's going to be the third baseman, so he's got to be able to play third base at a major league level. Like He's got to be able to handle that. I'm not saying, you know, watching him when I was down there at Port St. Lucie, he looked fine to me. That was the week after, you know, that they said, oh, certain things clicked for him. But I don't think he's truly ready yet. But he made some nice plays, looked okay. I mean, look, the last thing you'd want is on a team that wins a lot because they don't beat themselves, the last thing you want is the guy uh, out there booting balls at third base. Yeah, okay, his bat may make up for it, but you want guys to make the plays. You want you don't want to be sound at third. You can't be beating yourself. And that's something that I know Buck Showalter, I'm sure, would not want at the major league level. The guys that aren't ready to to handle the bigs defensively. And Billy Epler, same thing. They're not forcing the issue with prospects until they're ready. Now, what's going to expedite it is the fact that Escobar is off to a bad start. And maybe he's feeling the pressure. Like I said, I don't think Escobar looks good. I think he looks overweight to me from what I remember last year. I'm not saying he was always, you know, in tip-top physical condition. But I just noticed he looks a little, you know, the uniform looks a little snug around the, the belly area. Maybe he's carrying some extra weight early on this season. I'm not sure what's going on with Escobar. But I like Escobar as a player. And I think he'll be okay. Look, eventually Baby's going to be here. Even if Escobar turns it around, eventually Beatty will be here. But it's not going to be anytime soon, I wouldn't think. The earliest maybe May or mid-May. I can't imagine the Mets making a change sooner than that. Ken is calling from Queens. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Yes, Sal. How are you doing? Uh, pretty much Good. everybody's stealing uh, my thunder there. I'd be very surprised if Escobar is on this uh, is by May 1st if he's not brought up. And if he continues not to hit the next couple of weeks, don't be surprised if the bearded wonder there who might get more playing time and play third base because he has played third base, you know, uh, late in games especially he comes in for defense, right? Who are we talking about, Guillaume? Yeah, right. I don't know if they're going to go that way, Ken, earlier. I mean, Guillaume, you're right. He's going to get a start sooner or later where, you know, they want Guillaume, they want everybody to get in, get some playing time. But I, I don't – Guillaume's not going to take over the everyday third base spot. I think it's going to be Escobar to Beatty at some point. Right, but he'll get more starts if Escobar, I'm saying, does at least produce a little bit down, you know, the next couple of weeks or so. But also what I would do from the Mets, I – I'm like you, Sal. I cannot stand Vogelback. I don't know how much he's making, $2 million, whatever the heck he's making. Flush it down the toilet, Mr. Cohen. Bring up Mauricio and let him be the left-handed DH. We have no spot for him in the infield. So just let him be the left-handed DH, and he can uh, switch off with Pham or whoever's not playing that day. Because if Beatty comes up, he's not going to be a DH. He's yeah, well, that is – Mauricio is not going to happen. I mean, I, at least I don't anticipate that happening anytime yeah. soon. He he needs more seasoning in the minors. Um, I, they're not going to bring him up. They're not just going to cut Vogel back yet. They'll have to wait to see what bats shake free. But when you look at this roster, 
you know, Ken, it's like you look at the Mets and Yankees rosters, and we always what, – what sells is negativity. I mean, think about it. We're coming off a weekend where the Yankees won two out of three from the Giants at home. The Mets won three out of four in Miami, and we're starting the show by callers calling and talking about Brett Beatty and Eduardo Escobar. So negativity sells. I understand that, but look at these teams' rosters. There aren't many spots that are going to be up for improvement. And when you look at the Mets in particular in this case as we are, Daniel Vogelback is one of those guys that can be upgraded. Escobar right now can be upgraded. That's why the talk about Brett Beatty. And Vogelback eventually can be upgraded. I mean, that's basically it. Unless you, you're looking at left field as well, which I think they're solid there with Canna, with Tommy Pham. You're not going to have all-stars everywhere. You know, where are the Mets going to upgrade? So those are two spots to look forward to moving forward, you know, or to look at moving forward, the DH spot, and then, of course, third base. Yeah, the guy you liked and who I liked is off to a tremendous start with the Boston Red Sox, Mr. Adam Duvall, eight RBIs, first three games. I I was the Adam Duvall guy, and I think you mentioned a couple times, too, you wouldn't mind having him for his power. You are correct, Ken, and thank you for the call. That is a guy, and I, I noticed it as well. Uh, you know, as you did, he had the big uh, walk-off homer against the Orioles on. I think that was Saturday. But Duvall off to a good start. The reason why I like Duvall is because of his power. It's as simple as that. The Mets needed a power bat, and I don't know why they were hesitant to go in on Duvall. Maybe because of the injuries there, they didn't think he was going to be able to stay healthy. But that type of bat is exactly what the Mets need. Now, ideally, it would be a switch hitter. Uh, maybe even more ideally, would it be a left-handed bat to replace Vogelback? Because you feel like the Mets now, especially with Fam, with the rotation of Fam and Canna, they can get by on the right side. You know, maybe eventually Vientos or Alvarez. Remember, it took two players to get through. Um, last year, you know, last year at the deadline, two players to have uh, to be the DH where normally you just get one good hitter and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Why do you need a lefty and a righty DH? Just get one good hitter. Maybe Duvall can be that or could have been that guy for him. But, yeah, I mean, and they certainly missed the boat, not uh, not this year, but you know, last year with Kyle Schwarber available. You hope that Duvall doesn't turn into the next Kyle Schwarber. That could be a uh, an issue uh, looking back, too, where the Mets missed an opportunity just to get a DH. They need pa- one more power bat. That's it. Not asking much. One more power bat. Jim is in Haverstraw. Jim, what's on your mind this Monday morning? Now, what's going on, Buttercup? How you doing? How are you, Jim? I'm great, man. Baseball's back on, man. It's so exciting. I love it. Me too. Did you did you get and... to see uh did you get to see a lot of it or were you at the park with the, the wife and the kids? No, I was just going to say, and the best part about it, and, and see, I'm going to be just totally honest with you. I, from a fan's standpoint, don't like the idea of rushing these games along. But from a work oh. standpoint, and this is why you're getting a lot of the media members saying this is the greatest thing ever, because they don't want to work long. It's a fact. I know it. I work yeah. with them in the media. Yeah. I know how it works. So I'm telling you the truth. They want fast games because it's less work for them. So I try to separate myself. But from a working standpoint, knowing like, hey, you know, tell my wife yesterday, I got these two games on, the Yankees and the Mets. And she's like, how long? I'm like, yeah, probably under three hours. And here we are. These games are wrapping up in under three hours. So, yes, I watched both games both days over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And it was fun to be able to watch both those games in a timely manner as well. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because 
also, I don't know if you saw any of the Yankees, any of the Yankee games. I think you said you saw yesterday's game. Yes. But So the second game, right, with these rules. Um, so I was actually up at my kids' Little League field donating my time. I'm actually rebuilding the Senior League field up there. So I'm listening to the game, right? And it's Stanton's coming up to bat. And, and John is, you know, <laughs> before he calls the ball home run that hit off the wall, uh, John is setting it up, right? It's bases loaded, one out, right? And I mean, it's 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 just I, I'm I'm like the purist, right? I I played baseball all my life, and it, he's he's set, and he goes, oh wait, hold on, ball one, and I'm like, hmm. wait, what just happened? I don't know if you saw this or heard about this. So it's it's bases loaded. It's it's that that setting or that image what you did in the backyard as a little kid, right? Bases loaded, one out, you're down by one run. And it, it at the time he he headed into a double play to end the game, but at the time it's like man that is huge, you know, going up there ball one, and it ruined everything for me. So you know, Susan is throwing numbers out, oh, 21 minutes this and that. I don't care. I mean, Sal, I so I know it's the beginning of the year, right? If this happens, because people are like, I hope the umpires, unless it's Angel Hernandez, whatever. I hope they realize when it gets to important games in the ninth inning that he had no problem, man. And it, it really, really bothered me. I'm listening to it on the radio. I stop everything. I'm standing next to the radio, and it's ball one because of a time issue or whatever the pitcher did. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't. I don't like. It's a tough spot, Jim. And you heard me say it before. I, I obviously don't mind the games themselves being a little bit shorter for other reasons outside of the game, which is the wrong reasons. So the game itself should not be rushed. And I don't like the idea of these violations, which are impactful, very impactful. It's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, right? The, the whole, uh, um, the Mets deal, right? When he's getting back to first base, because the, the players are going to, find these like loopholes out right I, I hate comparing it to when I was a little kid but I remember ripping off my uh, helmet playing football my uh, chin strap because if, if your equipment broke just to get a timeout when we didn't have timeouts at the end of the game right so you know all these guys are, are going to find loopholes and you're going to see stuff you know manipulated by people and it's you know it's the whole you know Bush League stuff A-Rod calling hey I got it behind a guy mm-hmm. just ball but, you know, it, it really ruined things. Really quick, man, with, with the whole judge thing, because you brought it up. So think about this, man. So last year he did what he did. This year, South, there's no arbitration. There's no contract worries. There's no Maris uh, record. If this guy is healthy with our lineup, if our lineup is healthy with, with where it is and that Stanton ball that that he hit uh, was ridiculous oh uh, yesterday. Dude, was really, have you I, ever I, seen – I know it wasn't measured as the furthest home run that he's ever hit, but that I, I don't know if I've ever seen a ball hit harder no. or further than that. I mean, that thing was tattooed We're, by Stan. Have you ever been to the stadium right there where that, that bar is that you, that everybody stands around? I mean, it is yes. far, man. I mean, it is really, really far. Like, that was completely out of control. And you know what? His swing, I mean, you know, he's strong, he swings, but – it didn't even look like one of those ones where he gets the frozen rope that gets out in a second and a half. That thing, I mean, I think there was a little wind involved. Sal, that thing went so far, man. It was nuts. It was it was the the furthest home run I've ever seen. I'm not, maybe not by the actual measurements, but that was an absolute majestic 
blast. I, I couldn't. It was, I mean, that's what Stan does. He, I mean, when he connects, usually it's hit hard and far. The problem is he doesn't connect often enough. You know, sometimes he's, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, sometimes he's getting on top of the, but, but, but in that spot, he just absolutely, I mean, dude, that ball was crushed. Uh, to see where yeah. it landed there, that second deck in dead I, center it, like that. It's so crazy, man. I watched it a couple times. Uh, Sal, let me end, end with this really quick. You just did the whole Benefer thing. Uh, uh, you put Scherzer and Verlander together. That's a whole new – that was fantastic. Scherlander. And when you were saying it, all I could think of was Zoolander and the guy's face is Zoolander. I can't believe you made up the Scherlander. That was yeah, fantastic. that's what happens. I guess that's what happens. And thank you for the call, Jim. We appreciate you checking in. That's what happens, I guess, when you're doing a show and you're half asleep. I meant to say uh, Verlander, and I said Scher- Scherlander instead. I was thinking of both Verlander and Scherzer saying how you know the Mets are off to a good start and not even having either of those two guys at their best, where Scherzer obviously, he was fine in, in the first game of the year, but it wasn't vintage Scherzer, and Verlander is on the IL to start the year. Scherlander, it works. But that Stanton bomb was something else. And you know, as far as the rule changes go, it's uh, like I said, I'm torn. I don't mind the faster games, the pace of the games. So there's there's different layers to it. It's the 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 number one thing for me is the quality of the play. Now, generally, they go hand in hand. A well played game generally will be played at a better pace. Will be played in a faster time. But it's not always the case. You can still have games that are played quickly that are not necessarily well played. So I was always most concerned with the quality of play, not the time of game. And the pace of play is important too, where you just don't want things dragging and nothing is happening. Guys wasting their time, 10 minutes between pitches. You know, I'm exaggerating for effect, but you get the idea. But now it's just, it, it's, it feels a tick off. They're not there yet. Maybe an extra five or ten seconds would make a little bit of a difference. I, I don't know. I, I don't want the violations. I think that that's bad for baseball. I don't like the feeling of rushing pitchers in a big moment. And maybe Major League Baseball is feeling this thing out and they could uh, adapt or adjust the rule changes. But I'll tell you, everybody's going to be happy with the you know two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour games probably on average. Mets played a game yesterday at 2.40, and you may, it, they were making it sound like it was you know a three-and-a-half-hour game. And that was one of the longer games, 2.40. I mean, these games now, it's not going to go over. Remember, we used to watch baseball games for... Four and a half hours. And I know it's not a, a great thing when that's the case, but you get used to, as a fan, having your game there for you, a nice escape for a few hours. It was supposed to be the beauty of baseball, or one of the beauties of baseball, is what? That it's a timeless sport. Well, now it feels like it's kind of timed. So, you know, selfishly from a work perspective, is it easier to have games over in two and a half hours and then you could go do stuff with the rest of your day? You know, like spend time with the wife and kids. Yeah, it is. 
But from a baseball's fan's perspective, you know, I I don't want to be – it's hard for me because, like I said, I do work in the media, so I'm trying to put on both hats here. F- from a fan's perspective, I remember going to a game thinking, I don't want this game to end. And if your feeling is whether you're going to it, you know, even my wife was asking, so wait, the games are faster now? Does that mean that uh, if you're seeing less game, the tickets are cheaper? No, not necessarily. Matter of fact, everything's probably going to go up even more. But you pay all this money to go to these games and they're going to have the game, you know, rushed through. It's a fine line. Major League Baseball trying to thread the needle. I think they're close. And I do ultimately think this will be good for the sport. But it is, there is an adjustment period. And fans who love the game regardless want to enjoy the game however long it takes. Three hours, 320, three and a half, four hour, you know, beautifully played game, intense game. I don't know. I think it's a good thing in the in the long term, but I just don't want it to feel rushed. That's all that I ask. Speed up the pace of play, fine. Make it a little more crisp. Shorten the length of the game, you know, two and a half hour average or, or less, whatever it's been. Clean it up a little bit, sure. But just don't rush it, especially in big spots. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. 877-337-6666. Sal Licata on the fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Taking your calls till 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. You know, now that it's baseball season, we'll have the shorter shows for you because we come on after the Yankee games most nights. So it'll be this 2 to 5 for the next week, except for, I think, Friday. We're on 12 to 5 because the afternoon game's uh, on Thursday, and you get afternoon games for both the Yankees and the Mets on Thursday. Yankees will be in Baltimore at 3 o'clock on Thursday. And the Mets will be at home, home opener against the Marlins. I'm trying to convince my wife to go to the game Saturday, go to the Mets game Saturday. Yankees will be on the road 
uh, like we said, in Baltimore and then Cleveland. Mets will be at home against the Marlins and then San Diego coming to town. I, I got to start mapping out. I haven't really taken the time to look at it just yet. Everything's been uh, moving so fast for me here with this crazy schedule. But anyway, uh, I'd like to go get out to City Field at some point uh, this opening weekend here. I don't know if it's going to happen on opening day, but maybe that's Saturday. And the problem is my wife's like, the baby doesn't like going to the games. And she's right, because anytime anybody screams, the baby goes absolutely nuts. So then that makes things more difficult for my wife because she's not enjoying things. And you know what that means. If she's not enjoying things, I'm not enjoying things. But I can't go on my own because then it's like I'm leaving them alone. Although now with the quicker games, who knows? Maybe maybe it's possible. 877-337-6666. Dan is calling from the Jersey Shore. What's up, Dan? Hey, Sal. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. I just want to talk about uh, you really hit the nail on the head when you said us Mets fans, all neg- negativity sells. It uh, seems like Darren Ruff, he's gone now. Black Sheep turned into Eduardo Escobar pretty quickly. Right. But, uh, you know, let me preface by, preface that by saying uh, I like what I've seen so far. The Mets, you know, their starting pitchers are doing what they need to do. Scherzer looked great, I thought, um, aside from that late home run that he gave up. It was good to see Peterson. I don't think he had his best stuff, but uh, he battled through. And then Senga was, you know, a wild card. He looked really good yesterday after the first. Um, getting on to uh, – oh, and also Narvaez. Finally, we have a catcher that can, you know, hit above 100 which is great. <laughs> right, you're not asking a lot. You just want somebody that could actually contribute somewhat at the major league level. And what Narvaez is, is a major league catcher. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably signed that contract pretty quick, seeing McCann left, and then, you know, he he just had to show up, and he was already better than McCann. Yeah, and, and look, no, all due respect to Tomas Nito, Nito's a good, like, backup catcher in the big leagues. He's not... He's not a guy, and, and they're probably going to split it evenly, I would think. Nito's okay, but he can't be the guy. Narvaez has a possibility. I mean, the guy was an all-star. He's got the the potential to be an impact bat or an impact catcher for the Mets, which is fine. You don't need to be an all-star. When nobody's asking for Mike Piazza, you're just asking for a, ma- a competent major league catcher, which is actually hard to find nowadays. Yeah, I think I think it's a good tandem between Narvaez and Nito. They uh, both defensively they can pitch frame well, and uh, the staff seems to like throwing to them. But uh, getting to my point, I think uh, as far as the Escobar situation, it seems like the Mets are just. This is what baffles me about the Mets. You know, they're off to a good start playing the lowly Marlins, but we'll see how they do against the Brewers. But it feels like they're waiting for you know a stretch of a week or two where they don't put up any runs, they don't hit. And then it's going to be the time for Beatty to get the call up. Where instead of, there shouldn't have to be a problem for this kid to get called up. They're using the defense as a as an excuse. The defense is fine. It's not like Escobar lights the world on fire with his glove at third anyway. So my idea is send down Giorme. I think he might have an option left. Send him down to AAA. He's kind of a guy without a spot on the team. I know he's great defensively and he gets plugged in. He doesn't swing it that great. Beatty would lengthen this lineup, adds pop. I, I would compare Beatty and his bat to a Marte, where he can give you a home run. You know, he's going to run into a couple home runs, and then he's also just going to spray the ball over the field. Well, here's the thing. couple of things there. I, and thank you for the call. We appreciate you checking in, Dan. I don't believe that the Mets are keeping Beatty down there and waiting for a time where the offense – is struggling and then going to call him up. The 
Mets are waiting to make sure that the the game of both Beatty, Alvarez, whatever, those guys, you know, whichever prospect it may be, it doesn't have to be specific to just those two guys. They are not bringing any of those guys up until their games are airtight. So you can say, well, the defense is not that big of a deal. But remember, they're watching him every day. They don't feel comfortable yet with Beatty at the big league level defensively. And it may not just be the defense. It's probably a combination of things. Want to have him a little more seasoning, just make sure. And they're giving Escobar an opportunity to start here. And they want to see maybe a little bit of a larger sample size with Beatty. It's not one thing where you see all of a sudden some signs and say, hey, this guy could do it. Could he cut at the big league level? I'm sure he could. But they want to wait. This is from the Mets. They want to wait until those guys' games are you know, as as complete as can be. Not going to rush the issue at all. By the way, nor do they have to. And you're right. Isn't it funny how that works out where Darren Ruff, Darren Ruff, Darren Ruff, Darren Ruff. Okay, Ruff is gone. Now what? Eduardo Escobar, Eduardo Escobar. He's going to be calling about Escobar. Like You're never going to have the perfect roster. But the Mets and Yankees each have rosters that are near complete. Like when you look at the tweaking or tinkering of the roster, because everybody's like, oh, well, at the trade deadline, they're going to do stuff. Yeah, sure, they will. But there are only certain spots where it's going to be possible. I mean, look at the Yankees. Well, what are the, where are they upgrading exactly? I mean, maybe one spot potentially in left field, right? I mean, I guess you could upgrade catcher potentially. I know Trevino's fine. I know Higashioka Homer yesterday. I'm just saying, like, if you're really looking at it, now Lemayhu off to a, a slower start. You don't know how it's going to play out, but. You know, they they want Donaldson. I know Donaldson Homer, but he's still a slow start for him. You know, I, they want Donaldson to work out. But you, all right, you want to get, I'll give you third base and left field, potentially two spots there that could be upgraded from the Yankees. Other than that, that's it. They're set. And again, even those, they're most likely set. So what are we talking about? The bench players and with the Mets, it's very similar. This is a roster where outside of the DH, I mean, their outfield. It may not be the best outfield, but it's set. Marte, Nimmo are locked in, and Canna and Pham complete a nice four outfielders. You want to throw McNeil in that mix, it's a solid five outfielders. The infield is basically set. Alonzo, McNeil, Lindor, and then it's going to be Escobar or Beatty. So, okay, third base is one spot they could upgrade. Catcher, they did upgrade in the offseason with our Omar Narvaez, we just talked about. DH is the spot. I mean, think about that. Now, obviously, bullpen and pitching a different story where you can never have enough starting pitching and the bullpen arms are ever-changing. So that's a different story. But as far as lineup goes, you know, that's what we're looking at. That's it. But I don't believe it's because they're waiting for something to go wrong to call these guys up. I really, truly believe. Remember, I was down there in Port St. Lucie talking to a lot of people. I really believe that it's just a matter of they want these guys to make sure their game is as complete as possible because when they make that decision, it's not just a, hey, let's call him up and wait and see. It's a, hey, let's call him up and he's the guy. Especially the case with B. 
Antonio is calling from Manhattan. Good morning, Antonio. What's on your mind today? How you doing, man? The Escobar situation, man. The Escobar situation. Can you <laughs> can you leave these Mets fans, man? Like you said, Ruff is gone. Now they now we you know we gotta have a, a new bad guy. Uh, they, won, they won three out of four, right? Not one person is called <laughs> to talk about Kodai Singa. Not one person exactly. is called to talk about Tommy Pham or Mark Hanna. Not one person, by the way, the Yankee fans haven't called about Johnny Brito. I mean, what's going on here? Can we be at least somewhat positive in New York? Like, guess what? It's going to be a long season because both teams are good. There's not going to be much to complain about. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, the Mets, look, they can hit. The Mets, uh, as far as, like, I have no concern as far as their lineup. I think they have a pretty good lineup. Like you said, they're pretty sad. Yeah, DH, of course, they can upgrade there. Um, look, as, as far as Beatty, look, he's not ready defensively. And Escobar, people say, oh, Escobar, he's not good defensively. He, he's, a, he's a good third baseman. He has good range. I, I, I've seen him. He has good range. Uh, as far as he's that. He's a good third um, baseman. Escobar's a good player. Yeah. He's a good player. Mets haven't seen the best of Escobar. Yeah, but he's a yeah, solid player. Good, man. Yeah, he's good. Just give him a, come on, man. Give him at least a couple of months. Uh, my concern, really, this is what I'm calling. Uh, my concern is more the pitching when you look at Berlander and Scherzer, for example. Uh, Berlander, look, he's injured. Again, I'm not saying that he's going to be injured you know, you know, for the rest of the year, but the guy's 40 years old. So we have now two older pitchers. Now remember, we lost Diaz, and 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 then my thing is this: uh, guy, like you'll be shocked, but like what I saw from him, if that would have been a better team, he would have not lasted three innings. I'm concerned about him because I I think his his uh, fastball, whatever his splitter, I think it's a pitch that look hitters can recognize at some point because it's not really hard. It's kind of like a slower type version, like they said that they call it something the fork ball, something like that. What does, right, you know, the, uh, and the ghost fork, so, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So to me, like, see, I think he's hittable. Also, I didn't see, for example, you're saying Brito, for example, he has a lot of movement in his pitches. I didn't see that from Zenga, with the exception when he was throwing that pitch. When you look at his fastball, he's pretty straight. Yeah, he's throwing 97, 99. But in reality, I mean, you know, um, hitters can hit that. It's, it's, more, it's, it's always about movement. Uh, of course, you know, like, you know, velocity is also important, but movement is super critical. You know? He had a and good I, slider. I, I thought he had a good slider, although he left it up in the zone a little bit. Look, I think Senga is solid. I like his stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's see. Let's see. I mean, I'm not I'm not yet sold on him. I'm telling you what I saw there. No, like, I know. I well, that's fine. That Okay, uh, we could disagree on that. No, I mean, not, I don't think he's going to be a top-of-the-rotation guy, but I think he could be a solid number three with potential to be dominant. And put it this way, I'd rather have Kodai Senga, even after watching him in one start, than I would Chris Bassett. Where Bassett, and I know he got lit up, and it's easy to say right now, but just watching Bassett, Bassett's a guy that was solid but never really did much for me. I feel like he was a guy that was way too hittable, especially against a good lineup, where Senga, if he's on his game with that splitter or ghost fork, whatever you want to call it, and of course we like the ghost fork, uh, I think he could be that could be a nasty wipeout pitch. And you know we'll see how long it takes hitters to get adjusted to it because if they're spitting at that, then maybe Senga's going to have a problem. But he's got good velocity. I like his the movement on the slider, and I love that ghost four. Not that I, I get you, but I mean, let's see, let's see. I'm not, I'm not sore of him. I could tell you that much. Uh, last thing uh, before before I leave mm -hmm. you, um, the Yankees, man, like I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, they're like hyping up this kid, and you know, they're basically setting him up to fail. Like 
everybody they're making him making him like he's Volpe? like the next coming of yeah like he's like the next coming of of uh, Mickey Mantle like relax for a second like let the guy play let him do his thing and we we'll see where where he goes but at this point I mean it's too much too much man I do agree with that Antonio and thank you for the call not that I I think Volpe's going to be good and I understand the excitement about a young prospect. But you are right where the kid never even played a game and we're comparing him to Derek Jeter and talking about him as if he's going to go down in Yankee lore. You know, it was another thing that I was thinking over the weekend watching these games and just being excited about baseball being back. Instead of worrying about what could be, what will be, what might happen three months, three years 10 years down the road, and we do this all the time. It's not just with Volpe or prospects. We do it with Aaron Judge. Oh, yeah, but the length of the contract. We do it with Francisco Lindor. Oh, yeah, but by year six, it's going to be a terrible. There's plenty of time to worry about that then. Why don't we as sports fans start start focusing on what is? Let's focus on what is now as opposed to what will be? Oh, Alvarez when he comes up, and Vientos, and Beatty, and Mauricio, or oh yeah, Volpe, and Peraza, and this one, and that one. Like, yeah, that's great. That's what if, and what might be one day. Do you know how, I mean, we and we go through it, we never learn our lesson. We always project and predict, and it never works out that way, and we still continue to do the same exact things. Forget about what could be or what might be. Let's focus on what is right now. There's enough meat on the bone to talk about what is happening as opposed to what will or what can be happening. And with Anthony Volpe, it's a scenario where there there is now, look, everybody's saying that the kid could handle that type of pressure, but can't we just watch him play for, like it's not even enough to have him make the day. You would think that everybody would be happy that he actually made the team and is the starting shortstop on opening day. But guess what that turns into? Why is he hitting ninth? Oh, when's Volpe going to be hitting leadoff? So, like, they, they just named him the start. He won the job out of spring training. They name him the starting shortstop on opening day, and then people already, before they even play a game, but even now three games in, when's Volpe going to be batting leadoff? Come on, let's focus on what is. He's on the team. Let's watch the team play. Let's watch him play. And before we get into retiring him in Monument Park and getting on the Yankeeography, can we watch the kid play, I don't know, a week? My goodness. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.